game. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Wanna suplex cats, give them belly to bats. Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip. So I need you to teach me that. No way. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap. Moonsault, sharpshooter, and a F5-2. So I need you to teach me that. Oh, there we are. Okay, there it is. Welcome, lads, lasses, and other badasses to our podcast. I like the fires, like the ashes of a phoenix from the fire we rise. Finally back after a couple weeks because Lord knows our schedules suck. And we're going to talk about a lot of wrestling news uh, that happened this week and the past couple weeks. Um, But Wednesday, uh, winter was coming and winter was not the only thing that came because I think Don and I almost climaxed um, simultaneously. Um, Face, neck, and chest. And it wasn't even ours. It was our next door neighbors. Um, Mm -hmm. We will talk about that a little later. Um, But we're going to get right to it. Um, We're introducing a new segment called Quick Hits. Uh, It's basically we're going to go over some news that's newsworthy, but not worthy enough to talk about for like a half fucking hour. Um, So obviously to start things off, uh, well, first, we are the Natural Disasters of Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back. I am Matt. I'm Don. And yeah, uh, let's get some quick hits started out. Um, uh, first, obviously, we have Pat Patterson, who passed away on uh, December 2nd, uh, 2020, at the age of 71. Um, obviously, if you are not familiar with Pat Patterson, he was the very first WWF Intercontinental Champion. He was the creator of the Royal Rumble. Uh, of course, part of the WWE Hall of Fame. And he was one of Vince McMahon's kayfabe stooges, um, you know, stooges when he was part of the corporation. But also he has been uh, almost, uh, you know, the right-hand man of Vince McMahon for years and years and years. Um, most notably uh, for his, um, you know, within the past uh, decade or two, he um, he came out on WWE's uh, version of, like, the real world uh, called Legends House. And uh, he's really paved the way for LGBTQI uh, members of the wrestling community. Um, if you've listened to uh, something to wrestle with uh, Bruce Pritchard, um, he talks about that a lot. Um, or he talks about uh, knowing that Pat Patterson was out uh, before, but just obviously not a lot of people knew because, well, you know, it's Pat's business. Um, but, you know, it, it was still kind of a weird um waters to tread around that time but um nothing but good things to say about pat patterson from everybody on twitter everybody who's worked with him in wwe of course uh the rock triple h um obviously all the younger nxt people uh nothing but praise for the man and obviously he will be missed and i caught down while he was chewing i agree i mean so i agree he will be missed uh this He's a pioneer. I mean, he revolutionized a lot of the, he revolutionized the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, 70. Um, Sorry, 79, not 71. Yep. Um, he revolutionized, revolutionized the Intercontinental Championship. He paved the way for so many, for so many different things in people's lives. Um, without him, like, with, honestly, without him, you know, there would be, the WWE, I think, would be a completely different landscape just mm. because it inspired so many people. Um, 
one of the things that's, you know, not really talked about too much too is, uh, so Vince McMahon only visited two people, you know, who were released on the April 20th uh, Black Wednesday, Black Wednesday releases. And that was Joe Briscoe and Pat Patterson. Mm-hmm. So it shows you how much respect you know, Vince actually has for the man. I mean, you, you saw it this past week as well, you know. You saw it this past week as well. He was honored on NXT. He was honored on SmackDown with uh, with three different video packages as well as a uh, six-man a six man uh, tribute match for him with the original IC title. Um, yeah, he's he's a legend. He's a legend so much so that even on uh, AEW at the beginning of five minutes, um, uh, Jim Ross and um, and Tony Schiavone, uh, you know, uh, spoke about Pat Patterson a little bit and you know sent their condolences because you know every, a lot of people in in AEW. Uh, while a lot of them are new to the business and never really crossed paths with Pat Patterson in WWE, there's still a lot of uh, friends of Pat's uh, in AEW. You know, obviously, like I said, Tony Schiavone, uh, Jim Ross, Chris Jericho, uh, a lot of the older guys, and even some of the people that just, you know, had a cup of coffee in NXT and went to AEW. But he, he's, um, you know, his, his work... Um, and his presence as a, uh, you know, as part of an agent, uh, as being an agent and being a producer uh, has been felt by many. And um, most notably, uh, I, I believe he was an agent for the, um, uh, he was one of the agents for the Undertaker Mankind Hell in a Cell at King of the Ring. Right. Um, and, you know, for us, it's, um, it's memorable for a lot of reasons, uh, you know, whether terrifying or, you know, spectacular reasons. Um, but for Pat Patterson, um, you know, he unfortunately that day didn't get to really revel in the success of this match. Um, I believe his uh, longtime partner of, uh, you know, uh, that he had at that time had passed away suddenly. Um, so I know from about that point to now, he was, uh, you know, he kind of stayed alone. And, you know, as, a, as an older member of the LGBTQ community, I'm sure that's uh, really hard. But, you know, he was, uh, from what I understand, he was a real uh, shining light to everybody that he came in contact with. And so, uh, you know, I hope, you know, he was, he understood that he was loved and cared for by everybody. Um, and, you know, it, I, this really hurt. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. This one shocked me. Um there's not too many um, well-celebrated LGBTQ uh, performers because whether because you know they're not out or because they're not utilized correctly, um, and I think Pat Patterson was probably one of the uh, the more notable ones and somebody I think uh, a lot of people looked up to. So this one for me, this one hurt. It did. It really hurt. Um, it really hurt. I mean. I just, I mean, you know, my, my thoughts are with his family. Um, he's, yeah, he's going to be missed. That, that hurt. That's a hard one. Uh, going on to uh, one more uh, passing. This one happened a little bit earlier on November 25th. TNA founder Bob Ryder uh, passed away. 
um, in his home on November 25th. Um, again, another one uh, that apparently was a very uh, supportive person. Uh, he worked alongside um, the Jarrett's, uh, Jerry Jarrett and Jeff Jarrett when they founded NWA TNA. Uh, and, you know, again, another person that I heard nothing but good things about. Um, you know, when you think of TNA, obviously when you think of TNA, I think a lot of people think of LOL TNA because of the creative direction that the company took. Um, but, you know, without TNA, without Impact Wrestling, there's so many things that you wouldn't have seen. Like You, you wouldn't, wouldn't have, you would have been you in would, AJ Styles. Yeah, you wouldn't have AJ Styles. You wouldn't have Samoa Joe. You wouldn't have... Uh, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, Christopher Daniels. You wouldn't have Frank, Frank Kazarian. You wouldn't have Beer Money. You wouldn't have yeah. Robert Roode or James Storm. You know, there you wouldn't have seen, you know, staying in another company probably after WCW had folded, or um, you wouldn't yeah. have the rise of Christian Cage. Exactly, there are so many good things about TNA and uh, or things that happen in TNA, and there's a lot of bad things that happen in TNA as well. Um, but that that happens in every company. Um, but you know, this again, this man still founded uh, a company that's still living on right now. Um, and he, people forget that like Kurt Angle probably spent more time in TNA than he did in WWE. He did, and he had a, I mean, he had a really good career in WWE, obviously, but in TNA, like he was at his most like intense. Yeah, that whole intensity, integrity, intelligence thing really played a lot in TNA, and it, it was it was almost perfection. Um, but you know, uh, our condolences to Bob Ryder and his family and his friends and his colleagues. Um, you know, he's, he has a legacy, whether it's, you know, it's the most popular right now or not. There's, you know, there's a lot to it. Um, more news, uh, NWA Shockwave debuted on December 1st. Um, yeah. as of yesterday, it had 93,355 views. Have That's crazy. It? I have not seen it yet. Um, it's first, uh, main event was Nick Aldis versus the miracle mike bennett uh, and so it's good to see mike bennett being utilized now he's yeah he's all, all over the place right now between uh between mwa as well as roh if i'm not mistaken he's like he's kind of bouncing around yeah he did uh he did some uh some tapings for uh, for roh i believe um i really he, love no go i really love so the pandemic sucks but i love the landscape of what professional wrestling looks like outside of wwe right now we'll get to that later but it's uh yeah um yeah like you said like you give, uh, it opens up a lot of opportunities for people like even though there aren't a lot of wrestling shows a lot of promotions are doing uh or allowing their talent to kind of go back and forth between the promotions you know as long as they respect the promotion like we've seen um matt seidel in roh during the uh roh pure tournament and we've also seen him in AEW. Uh, you know, just as we've seen Thunder Rosa and a NWA and AEW, uh, things like, like little things like that are really nice to see, and it's refreshing right now, especially when we can't have a whole lot of surprises or a whole lot of storytelling going on for different companies. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really interesting to see. Um, more news: uh, Lars Sullivan, if anybody cares or has noticed, <laughs> he's been missing for a few from a few SmackDowns lately. He's been gone for a while. Um. Last anybody heard of him was on a SmackDown where he did an interview where he was, where he talked about, um, I don't know, beating up bullies or 
kissing bullies or licking bullies or something like that. I don't completely understand um, what he was doing. Um, but yeah, he's kind of been missing for a while. Um, I, I mean, I don't think you, you've cared. I haven't cared. I totally I forgot. Yeah, I totally forgot he was still part of the main roster or any roster. <laughs> the last time we saw him, he was doing a shirtless interview with Michael Cole. Um, he was trying to do his best Heidenreich impression. He was. I think he was trying to recreate the video he has from Pornhub. Oh, goodness gracious. Have you looked at it? Like, no, honestly, I don't. Can you please I, be honest with us? I have not seen it. How many times have you watched it, and why is it 20? <laughs> I have not seen it once. I have no intention to. You're like, I only get through the first 30 seconds. It's fine. That technically counts as watching it. Um... More news. The Young Bucks don't watch NXT. Um, they did an interview. I believe it was Inside the Ropes or I forgot which one they did, but they were talking about how they don't watch NXT because they don't want to get distracted by what NXT is doing. And like basically they don't want to counter-program. That makes sense, right? That, that makes sense. That that makes sense. Because here's the thing. like If you watch the programming, if you watch the programming and even if you like say for example you come up with you know this idea of a match or something or, or a spot or something like that that you seen on you know nxt you know you have automatically have marks left and right there is a cheap imitation and if you're a mark i apologize you know what um uh, somebody made a good point and they were it wasn't really a, such a so much as a criticism of either one it's just wrestling in general of um <laughs> how the last like four or five televised battle royals they all mm-hmm. do that trope where somebody gets thrown under the bottom rope or gets taken out of it beaten up on the outside and they're forgotten about until like they're the second to last man in the battle royal yeah um i didn't notice that and that 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 seemingly is a really bad trope. Because, um, and if you don't, if, you know, the, the most recent time you've seen it was this past Wednesday during the uh, the the Battle Royal for the Dynamite Diamond Ring uh, match where Orange Cassidy was taken out of the Battle Royal by uh, Miro and Kip Sabian. And uh, Miro proceeded to beat the shit out of Orange Cassidy, leaving him... Um, uh, you know, outside of the ring by the, uh, by the timekeeper's table. And at the end of the match, when MJF and Wardlow were the last two, MJF thought he'd won, but then Wardlow reminded him that Orange Cassidy was uh, outside. And then uh, Orange Cassidy proceeded to help get rid of Wardlow. And now it's uh, Orange Cassidy versus MJF for the Dynamite Diamond Ring next Wednesday. Uh, this match actually confused me because I thought that it was the actual battle royal for the ring, ring not for like a chance to re- wrestle MJF for the ring. That's what I thought too. Like I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was gonna be the, I thought it was gonna be the, uh, for the actual ring itself. But yeah, they they kind of explained it like as the match is going on. So if you're listening, like if you weren't paying attention to the commentary, then you weren't you would have had the same issue that we had. But so that that was my issue. I wasn't listening to the commentary. Yeah. I was doing homework. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm in the middle of finals week. I'm so I I'd apologize, but I'm not really that sorry. Um. Next, we have another 
another Bella run. No. Uh, Nikki and Brie Bella did an interview for Tamron Hall, uh, who I'm assuming Tamron, Tamron, uh, Tamron Hall. Yeah, who I'm assuming is a, a host of some sort. Um, and they were asked about yeah, she was on like The View or some shit like that, right? Or like news or. So, Tamron Hall is actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, she used to be here from Chicago, but she does a. She's originally from Chicago. She used to be an interview or newscaster here. And then uh, she got her own syndicated TV show. So she was, they were doing an interview for her and they were asked about another run in WWE. And uh, Brie Bella essentially said that obviously they both are having kids and, you know, they kind of want to wait a while, but it'd probably be maybe like two, three years. And then they want to go for the women's tag team titles. And I cannot think of anything I would like to see less. Um, and who's to say that if the women's tag team titles will still be um, around by then? Yeah, because uh, they don't really mean a whole lot, and I don't mean that to be rude or anything like that. I think the WWE has uh, one of the strongest women's divisions, um, but only if they're using NXT. Exactly. If you, if you go to the main roster, a lot of their women aren't necessarily used in the correct way or in a way that's um uh you uh what's the word i'm creatively pleasing for the women and for the audience you look at for example uh for a prime example is uh shana basil basler yeah she was a monster in nxt right uh rhea ripley oh yeah fucking Uh ripley got fucked so I, I forgot what interview it was because I just watch random shit on uh, YouTube a lot. Yeah. But she did an interview where they had asked her about, you know, uh, her career after the whole, uh, her and Charlotte Fair at WrestleMania. And, you know, when people were criticizing Triple H about it, Triple H had said like, oh, you know, there's a reason why, you know, she lost to Charlotte or you're going to see, like, you know, we're going to tell the story of why she lost to Charlotte and how that's going to like, you know, make her character better and stuff like that. And it's been about, you know, six, seven months since that happened and we haven't seen shit from Rhea Ripley. Um, She even admitted herself how, you know, she's kind of been uh, in a bit of a slum and kind of down on herself because after that WrestleMania match, like, you know, nothing really of note happened. Like she didn't feel like she was herself. So that's a prime example. Or uh, Liv Morgan. Did you see that documentary? No, I haven't seen it yet. There's a documentary on WWE Network uh, of Liv Morgan and like, you know, basically how she's gotten to the point where she's at. And it's interesting because it even kind of uh, criticizes the company a little bit because it shows, uh, you know, when people tell her that, you know, she's going to get a push or something like that, or they're going to do something with her character, but then it doesn't happen. And you can just see how, um, how, how visibly upset or annoyed she is with the company. And again, I think Liv Morgan has a lot uh, of potential, and she could do she a lot if you let her. She does. I mean, she, they, they have one of the richest women's rosters in all of professional wrestling. But who do we see Go the ahead. most? Of? We see the most of Lana. We see the most of Nia Jax, who you know what can be entertaining, but you know, there's just something about her. It's like she gives off big show heat. It's just like she's okay for a little bit, and then you just want her immediately gone. It's so I think part of it is because of a lot of her reckless conduct in the ring. Uh, like for me, I don't like her because she's injured a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, 
that kind of that and it always feels kind of like she just brushes it off yeah like that's the i think that's the issue with me but she like like you like like you said like it's it's lana like this is what basically the women's roster has come down to in recent in recent weeks and months is let's put lana through a table every week let's have asuka kind of sort of win matches uh we're gonna make bailey drop the belt and just job her to everyone and like bailey is somebody who should be like in the most recent episode of smackdown she lost via tap out to natalia and you know no no offense to natalia but like bailey should be booked better than that yeah and you know personally for me for natalia like i understand there's a lot of people that have a lot of affection for her um but like for me it's like the time of natalia was either supposed to happen back in like 2009 2010 and if it doesn't mm-hmm. happen now then what's the what's the threat of what's natalia the other than yeah she's a nightheart yeah and it's the same thing with oscar like you know we everybody knows oscar's a badass everybody mm-hmm. knows that she could legit beat the shit out of anybody on that roster but like she's not booked in that way and sometimes you know what it's fun i like seeing the fun side of oscar but like they they kind of make her a joke and it's that it's that whole criticism of like of, of 50 50 booking you know, and before I used to think it was silly, but like, you know, now it's not, I think it's a valid concern or it's a valid criticism because like, you know, yeah, people have to lose matches. I understand that, but like, how about they lose matches when it makes sense? Yeah. Or how about they lose matches? How about they lose a match when you're telling a story, but then how about you don't drop the story after like three weeks? I agree. Like, um but yeah uh no more bellas please never again yes yeah 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 the but the bottom line is please no more bellas no more bellas i honestly you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do this whole um you know too many um hall of famers or whatever or other old timers coming in to take the spotlight let's not let's not bring the bellas in that's fine i don't want the bellas uh rascals joined the wwe pc um if you don't know who the rascals are uh just like my counterpart here um, they were a three-man trio in Impact Wrestling from about 2018 uh, to just about a couple weeks ago. Um, they had their uh, last match in Impact, and they were sent off uh, in a very emotional match. Um, the only thing about this is that uh, of the three men, uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz have uh, reported to the PC they are part of the new uh, PC training class uh, that WWE announced a couple days ago, uh, but Trey Miguel, who is a third part of that, is not there. Um, and you know, it was leaked that the Rascals had you know thought about going to the WWE, um, but everybody was kind of surprised that Trey Miguel wasn't with them. And the rumors going around that he might be in talks with AEW. That's really really interesting. Um, I really think you should uh, seek out a Rascals match. Um, oh. Probably from last year. I think last year was a really good run, especially since there was a crowd. I'll give it a watch. I'll give it a watch. I mean, I so I like I've gotten into TNA or sorry, Impact more recently, mm-hmm. and it's just like I, I got to get more into in depth into the older episodes. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I I, w- I wouldn't say go too far back, or else you start getting into the anthem 
TNA or Impact. Um, and you don't need to do all that to yourself. Um, most notably missing from the new PC class is Ben Carter. Uh, ben Carter was on AEW television a couple times. Uh, you might have seen him on Dark and on uh, Dynamite. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody thought it was going to be a sure thing that he was going to be signed with AEW. Uh, but WWE seemed to uh, present him an offer he couldn't refuse um, since he hasn't been on AEW for uh, quite a bit. But nobody knows whether uh, he can't come because I believe he's from... Oh, Europe? he can come all right. <laughs> he's from Europe, so nobody knows whether he's on. Uh, he's having problems with his visa or maybe because of COVID restrictions right now. Um, but uh, I think that's one of the bigger names uh, from the PC that's missing. But we will see what happens to Mr. Carter. And the last piece of news from last night's SmackDown. Um, Baron Corbin was in a match with uh, Buddy Murphy. Uh, against Buddy Murphy, and uh, towards the end of the match, uh, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler, formerly of the Forgotten Sons, uh, have joined up with Baron Corbin. Uh, who was the other one who was, was with the Forgotten Sons? Uh, the fucking uh... Jackson Ryder. Jackson. Oh uh, yeah, Jackson Jackson Riker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jackson Riker obviously has not been um, on WWE television since his very bad opinions. Uh, or said aloud on Twitter. And so, unfortunately, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler kind of got the brunt of it, too, because they were in the team with him. Um, so they were off TV for, what, like five months? Shit, that was in June. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. So, you know, he said some stupid shit, like, during the height of... Uh, the BLM the, protests. Yeah, the BML protests and the riots and everything like that. And then, uh, you know, that, that, that got a lot of heat backstage, and then you know he he starts sharing weird conspiracy theories about about Lost. the runner, yeah. yeah, and that like you know brought more heat. And like, I don't understand. Like, you must he, this guy must not have had like a retail job ever in his life or something like that because you're always told like yeah you do your own shit but you're still representing the company. Like you would think that he wouldn't like you know that. You would think that he would know he's still representing WWE and not only WWE, yeah. but like two other people that are on his fucking team that yeah. literally just gotten moved up to the main roster. Like how fucking stupid can you be? Like I understand, you know, people are entitled to their opinions, whether we think they're stupid or not. But if you know you're, if you have a feeling that your opinions are going to be seen in a not great light, shut the fuck up. Like... You know, it's, I think it's very selfish of him. Rule number one of comedy: know your audience. Yeah, cocksuckers. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I just I don't know, but you know, uh, you know, Jackson Riker is, you know, in fucking purgatory hell, WWE purgatory or WWE hell, whatever you want to call. He's but Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler are back. Um, this is going to be interesting to see what the fuck they do with Corbin. He basically got Friday. He got fired on his day off. Fired on your day off for stealing boxes. <laughs> um, and that's about it of our quick hits, which weren't so quick. Uh, we'll get better out of them, I swear. Uh, <laughs> on to our power moves. Um, as we uh, alluded to in the beginning of our uh, intro, um, we jizzed. Yeah, we hard. We just so hard that we hit um, the neighbor next door. And um, they're still in the hospital because it was a powerful burst of jizz. Um, we just we just so hard 
Did it look like fake snow was coming out of uh, AEW Dynamite's entrance stage? Um, you would think Linter literally came, and it did, um, because my stripper name is Winter. Um, <laughs> Donald, where were you and what were you doing when Sting debuted in AEW? I was cooking ravioli. Um, not not like you know Chef Boyardee, like actual ravioli. I cook. I cook. Cook. You cook the frozen kind. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Fresh, never frozen. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I was cooking, and then like I, I like you know I was watching the segment go on from afar, and then like you know like I'm like I'm like oh shit something's happening. Let me watch. So just in case if you haven't seen it like a billion times, like me and Don probably have. Um, tag team match between Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs uh, along with uh, Taz uh, took on Cody Rhodes who is now using his full legal name Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen with uh, Arn Anderson the enforcer uh, on their side and uh, Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes picked up the win uh, but Powerhouse uh, Hobbs uh, came and started beating the shit out of uh, Darby Allen and Cody uh, Q, um, motherfucking uh, Dustin coming in uh, for the save, uh, but then he's taken Their out. Ass-handed. He's taken out by what's his face, um, uh, Brian Cage. Brian Cage starts beating the shit out of Dustin, and then Arn Anderson tries to step in. He's taken out. Um, then all all four of them: Starks, uh, Hobbs, Cage, and Taz start going after Darby. Dustin, and then they're about to hit Cody over the head with a chair, and the lights go out, and this whole video package of wind of a mountain and trees in the snow and all this stuff appear, and all of a sudden it goes dark, and you just see slowly coming onto the screen Sting, and the crowd that was there, the limited crowd went ape shit, like that pop was still loud for a yeah. very limited crowd. Um, I cannot believe that. And we even got, you know, Tony Schiavone yelling, it's Sting, which mm-hmm. brought back so many, so many feelings of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I was doing homework and I was kind of in a funk because I was just stressed and tired. And I saw the lights turn off and I watched it and then I heard, I saw Sting and I just, I completely lost my shit. I was not expecting that at all. They might have alluded was- to it. But, yeah. like, I lost my shit. I lost my collective shit when I saw it. I was like, I just, I I was like, holy shit. This is for reals. And then when, he, you know, they said, it's been 18 years since he's been on TNT. I was like, ah. It's been almost 20 years uh, since the shutdown of WCW and WCW's last broadcast on TNT in March of 2001. Uh, and most notably, he had a, uh, WCW's very last match with Ric Flair, where he beat Ric Flair with the Scorpion Deathlock. Um, you know, obviously, he's had his other his runs uh, in TNA, and he had a small run in WWE. But, you know, it, it hadn't been that long since we'd seen Sting in a wrestling ring, but still, it's Sting. And in a company that you didn't really know if you'd go to or not, or who would go to, um, you know, for, I think since the beginning of this year, uh, there had been a lot of um, speculation of him leaving WWE 
And, you know, a lot of the rumors started back in, uh, back in April, May, when, you know, everybody thought he was going to appear at Double or Nothing. And then, uh, you know, uh, word got out that uh, WWE no longer had his trademark. And yeah. then people thought he was going to, you know, appear at Full Gear in some capacity. And then when that didn't happen, I think a lot of people just forgot. So this was a nice surprise. Yeah, it was a really, really nice surprise. I was not, like, it caught me completely off guard. And, like, when, when you know, they announced the show as Winter's Coming, I didn't really, th- I thought, I'm like, man, they're two years too late on the fucking uh, Game of Thrones things. Which, yeah, which also led me to believe that, that Game of Thrones or HBO doesn't own the phrase "Winter is coming." Well, technically, or I maybe mean, the, or maybe the trademark ran out. So TNT is a part of. Uh, hmm. Is uh, a part yeah, Time Warner Viacom or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah Time Warner, true. Time Warner, or uh, you know WB Studios. So, you know that's a part of the HBO family as well. So that's true. That is true. So Tony Khan didn't really have to do too much to get that to, yeah. to sign off on that. What um, what surprised me or not not disappointed me? So everything, all of Sting's music past the Crow theme in WCW hasn't necessarily been right. Uh, his Impact theme was kind of okay. Uh, his WWE theme sucked ass. Yes, uh, even though they own the rights to to the crow theme, uh, low key, I was hoping that Khan would pull out some money and pay for uh, Seek and Destroy. That would have been nice. Um, but uh, reports are going around that Sting is not only in AEW, but he has signed a multi year contract with AEW. Um, so whether he and you know he, like uh, he has a spi- uh, spinal sclerosis. Correct, but from my understanding, he got surgery on it. He got surgery on it, but it's something that you'd have to be very careful with, yeah. um, especially at his age of 61. Uh, and keep in mind, Taker is 55, Sting is 61. So if Taker at his, you know, at his age with his body is like this, you can't imagine what Sting's body must be like, even though you know, he's very careful too. Um, but nobody really knows if uh, Sting will be in uh, will wrestle in any capacity, but most likely it seems it's going to be like a mentor thing. Uh, during his debut, he came in the ring, stared down Arn Anderson, uh, who he's had a very storied past with in WCW and NWA. Uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, Dustin Rhodes, and then the stare down I never thought would happen or never thought about happening. The stare down I did not know I wanted. Sting and Darby Allen. Yes, give me that one thousand percent. I I really don't want a match. I, I want them to be. I want them to be mentor and mentee. I want to see Sting leading young Darby Allen to a championship. Yes, uh, I saw a bunch of comments online saying how Sting is Darby's kayfabe dad. Uh, Sting is Darby's kayfabe dad, and Raven is his kayfabe uncle, which I. Uh, uh, I am um, 100% on board with that. Yeah, I, I, this is canon now. This is just fucking canon. <laughs> I think I sent you the uh, the picture of I, I sent you the picture of uh, the meme of, you know, when your when your dad returns home after 18 years of getting of getting cigarettes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, one obviously one notable thing about this is um, this got a lot of love and a lot of heat. Uh, with the uh, internet wrestling community uh, because people believe that this is a really weird move. Um, 
people making the claim that, oh, AEW is just bringing in more WWE people to, to bury talent. It's just like, well, first off, fuck you. Because if you say WWE and Sting in the same sentence, you're fucking wrong. And you might be 12. Uh, second, you know, if you know Sting from anywhere, it's not from WWE. Or you, if you're our age or within our age, you know, the first thought is not WWE. He was the franchise of WCW. Put some respect on his name in WCW. Yeah. Um, second, he's not Hogan. If you paid attention to his run in WWE, I think he only maybe went over once. Twice, yes. maybe. And those are in multi-man matches. Like, he didn't beat Seth Rollins for the WWE title. You know, he did the job for Triple H at WrestleMania. When you would think of all people, he would finally win at a WrestleMania or at his first WrestleMania. Um, you know, to, to, to look at, to remember, to think back to his WWE run and make that claim is unwarranted and foolish, in my opinion. Because even in his, in his TNA run, like, yeah, he went over... But he also helped build up some people. It's not like Hogan, who, you know, in WWE and in WCW and even in TNA at some points, where he had to go over because he's the star. Sting is very selfless yeah. as a professional and as a human being. Like, and he's... I don't I mean, get he made He made a lot of names out of Samoa Joe, out of, you know, AJ, the AJ Styles. Um for fuck's sakes, like when when you know he did main event mafia TNA, that was that, like that was big. Yeah, uh, he he helped. Um, you know, he he helped uh, reinvigorate um, Jeff Hardy even after the whole debacle mm -hmm. uh, in two thousand eleven. Uh, you know, and that, he, sh wait, that shows you how much of a professional he is because during that match. Oh yeah, he could have he could have walked out. He could have mm -hmm. been pissed. I mean, he was pissed, but he could have walked out, or he could have. You know, he could have done everything in his power to say this isn't going to happen once he knew how fucked up Jeff Hardy was. You and know, he would have been in the right. Yeah, he, or he could have. He could have. Um, he could have shot, and he could. He could have. You know, do a shoot promo at any point in the match. But he was a professional. He he vocally agreed with somebody that it was bullshit. But that was it. He stayed a professional. Yeah. Um. You know, and his character work in TNA was actually really good because. You know, he, invent, he reinvented himself because when he originally started back in 2006, I believe, um, he, you know, he was the crow sting. And then, you know, he kind of, you know, did more character work and he went to Joker sting and all this stuff, the main event mafia. You know, he's, he's very versatile, uh, just like Chris Jericho has been uh, within the past few years. Um, but to, to shit on this immediately and say that this is a stupid move by AEW, again, I, I say it's, it's a very foolish thought. And just, again, look at the placing of, of this, of when they introduced Sting. He wasn't in the main event. You know, he didn't take the spotlight off of Kenny Omega and uh, uh, John Moxley. If anything, they did this perfectly because they did it uh, before the, first, the beginning of the second hour, which brought more eyes onto the product because you're seeing the, the lead up to uh, Moxley and Omega and whatever else they had between, you know, the, those two segments. Like uh, that, that, so... It was, uh, I think Russell Talk did a breakdown of the hour by hour, the, uh, sorry, the segment by segment breakdown and how the ratings were. 
like after the like after the sting introduction mm -hmm. like they were hitting nine hundred thousand viewers yeah i think the the highest was like nine nine and a quarter forty nine yeah there we go nine forty nine it was over nine and a quarter yeah um yeah i i, I mean if, if anybody would like to tell me why i'm wrong or tell me why they're very pessimistic about this please uh i am at pending 257 uh on twitter please let me know why uh i'm wrong i'm not but i want to know why you think i'm wrong www.gofuckyourself.com because you're stupid ass uh, oh, sorry or, slash you're stupid ass or just tell me uh why you love vince russo I mean, that, <laughs> if you tell me that too, that'll just let me know why you think staying in AEW is, is a bad idea. Um, but I mean, fucking Bischoff even said it like, you know, they, they over delivered. Oh, they did. Yeah. They did. That was something I did. Again, look at, we're getting Sting and Taz. Like on the same show. It's opposite corners. And yeah. maybe they might, oh. Maybe Taz is going to be cleared. I mean, he did. I mean, he can apparently give the Taz mission to people. But Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. It's, it's if, if Edge can come out of retirement, who, who, you know, who's to say Taz can't? I mean, aside from Taz. Uh, it's but, interesting, and I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm ex so excited to see where, you know, this whole storyline goes with Sting. On to uh, the second hour of AEW Dynamite, uh, the second biggest news coming out of uh, this week. Uh, we recently had a uh, w uh, sorry, an AEW World Championship match between uh, Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Uh, John Moxley, the reigning champ, uh, who's been champ since February of this year when he won it uh, from Chris Jericho at Revolution. So he's uh, he was he's been the longest. Uh, AEW champion, so two, four, six, eight, nine months, nine months as champion, uh, almost nine months. Um, the match is really, really good. Um, on commentary, we obviously had uh, Jim Ross, we had Excalibur, we had Tony Schiavone. Brought into the fold was Don Callis of Impact Wrestling, and they literally went and said that he's from Impact Wrestling, he's representing Impact Wrestling. The reason why they brought him in was because Kenny Omega and uh don Callis uh are both from winnipeg but also they've had a really long friendship and kenny omega asked for his presence on commentary uh as a as a form of moral support mm -hmm. um uh, the entrances were good obviously moxley brings a lot of uh energy to his very uh uh non-traditional entrance uh coming in through the crowd uh moxley uh with his which I at first thought was uh, just a really weird entrance, a really weird, funny entrance. But now I can see it's a real heel entrance because of how much he, he, he hyped himself up. Um, the fact that he always needs to reference North Carolina uh, always makes me chuckle. <laughs> What's um, the North Carolina reference? That's what I was going to ask you, too. I don't completely understand. Is there something in Carolina? Or is it because Ric Flair's from North Carolina? Or... I have no idea. Someone, if you're out there and you know the North Carolina reference for Kenny Omega, just, you know, tweet at us. If you live in North Carolina and you know the North Carolina reference, we will send you a t-shirt that Don has sweated in for three weeks. I will send you my jizz rag. Which is, again, his t-shirt that he sweated in for three weeks. Um, yeah, if anybody can tell us that, that'd be interesting, because uh, I, 
I mean, it, it makes me pop. Um, you know, but... I got also gotta say, it's like, so Moxley has like one of the best entrances ever. Uh, the way he comes in from the crowd, and like I don't know if you remember, but uh, for Revolution, like when he came in, like when he came in, to, like from outside of the streets of Chicago to like inside the arena. Like, that was cool. Yeah, that was that really was cool. so cool. That was he, so he really, cool. He somehow as as much of a as much of a loose cannon that he is, like he is, he truly is a loose cannon in AEW more than he was in WWE. Um, you know, he really is the the man of the people. Yeah. Or he really is like not you know not to borrow too much from the Rock, but he you know he's felt more like the people's champion than than anybody so far. And granted, yeah. they've only had two champions, uh, but you know even he feels more of the people's champion than Cody wants to be when it came to the TNT title. Yeah, I agree. Um, but this match is a really good match. Um, they basically uh, saved the, almost the whole second hour for this. This match lasted almost forty five minutes. Um, if you'd seen their lights out match back at uh, full gear last year, um, you know, that was tremendous, but this is going to show their skills uh, and athleticism that you get without all the gimmicks and which they showed a lot of uh, towards the end of the match. Um, you could see get Kenny Omega was getting visibly frustrated with uh, Moxley and how he could just, he couldn't put him down with anything. Uh, Moxley delivered to um, paradigm shifts. Kenny kicked out. Kenny hits Moxley with a paradigm shift. Uh, Moxley kicks out. Um, they tumble to the outside, and uh, Moxley starts to get a little uh, more intense. Uh, Moxley gives Kenny a paradigm shift to a heater that's outside by the uh, ringside crowd of wrestlers, and uh, the, all the referees start to look at Omega, and you know they start contemplating stopping the match, but Moxley just um, uh, throws. Kenny inside the ring. At this time, Don Callis, uh, who's been on commentary, steps away from the booth and tries to check on Kenny. Um, and uh, Moxley won't let him. He actually uh, punches uh, uh, Callis. But Callis had a microphone in his hand trying to tell something to Moxley. And when he punches Callis, Callis throws the mic into the ring, um, which Kenny grabs. And the ref is checking on Don Callis. Kenny grabs the, re the microphone and hits Moxley in the head with it, busting him wide open. Uh, gives him a couple V-triggers, uh, one winged angel, and Kenny Omega is the new AEW world champion. And, you know, from this point, this is where, you know, I, I thought this was all weird. I, you know, it was where the Don Callis screwed John Moxley uh, or helped Kenny Omega win. I didn't want to see the win like that. I wanted to see a clean win from Kenny Omega. Um, but if things didn't get weird from that part, uh, Omega immediately leaves, uh, Callis grabs the AEW world heavyweight championship belt and they start running to the back cameras, follow them. They run past the Tron, they run past Tony Khan and they're, they're running past all the AEW wrestlers in the back who are visibly confused. Uh, interviewer catches up to them. Um, and asks, you know, Callis and Omega, like, you know, what's going on, what's happening. And Callis says, if you want, like, if you want to hear anything, you're going to have to wait until Tuesday. Dynamite airs on Wednesday. You're going to have to wait until Tuesday on Impact. And Callis and Omega leave Bailey's place. Boom. Mic drop. Like, are you fucking kidding me? The AEW, the third AEW champion is going to appear on Impact with the AEW championship belt. Are you fucking kidding me? The, the, like the mic was literally dropped. 
I didn't I didn't know if I liked this or not at first. I, I'm one million percent on board with it. I was more um, intrigued, but I'm not sure if I'm like fully on board yet myself. I, I I would say if this was Vince Russo impact, I would probably not be anywhere near it. Yeah, if but, Vince Russo was a part of any of their creatives, I wouldn't be a part of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But uh, Don Callis Impact, I'm 100% on board with. Um, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. And we actually got the confirmation from Impact's Twitter. Yeah, so um, real quick, um, before, um, before anybody made it actually official, a lot of, you know, uh, Callis was on Twitter uh, retweeting AEW's um, uh, you know, tweet saying, or he retweeted uh, a fan actually who said something about something weird about the finish, and he's just like, you're, you know, you'll you'll see on Tuesday when you know Kenny Omega's on Impact, and all you know, all kinds of other people tweeting about you know Impact in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, but then finally yesterday, uh, Impact Wrestling made it official on their Twitter. We can officially confirm that the new AEW World Champion Kenny Omega will appear on Impact this Tuesday at eight seven Central on Access TV. And if you don't have Access TV because that's a weird channel, uh, they are also on Twitch, I believe, for free. Um, and they're also on Impact Plus if you somehow or for whatever. Well, you could also watch it on. Yeah, Twitch is probably the easiest way if you don't have if you don't have Access TV. Yeah, um, and you know this left a lot of speculation, and uh, you know what, it, um, a lot of it led to a lot of dream matches starting to be, uh, you know, booked by fans. Uh, most, oh, yeah. notably, most notably, uh, I believe it was uh, 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 Cash Wheeler of FTR who tweeted simply, The North. Um, and if you don't know who The North is, The North is a, ta- is a tag team in, um, in Impact, and they are one of the most uh, reputable tag teams right now in Impact. And for a lot of people, that is a dream match. And apparently for FTR themselves, the North versus uh, FTR. And one of the members of, of the North, oh, well, you know, welcomed this with open arms. Who is your dream match for AEW and Impact? Honestly, I, I, I can't, I couldn't tell you. Um, uh, I, I got like watch Impact too much. Um, I want to, although the only thing I can think of at the top of my head is uh something to do with abaddon and sue young that would be good that'd be I good saw, i saw i saw a not a rumor but just uh uh you know just um i guess a fan theory about when uh james mitchell abducted sue young this past impact that he was probably taking her to aew <laughs> that'd be dope uh, what about um, you oh god where do i start um I would love to see. Oh, I would love to see Christopher Daniels uh, against Curry Man. Oh, we uh, okay. Frankie Kazarian against Suicide. Uh, the Young Bucks against Generation Me. Sting versus Sting. Uh, <laughs> I love and hate you. Uh, Sting versus Joker Sting. Ooh, okay. Now you have me. Uh, uh, there's so many. There's so many matches to go, choose from. I mean, like, 
you know, I just, I just can't pick, uh, I just can't pick one. You know, there's an, uh, obviously, uh, this uh, is very- oh. Proud and Powerful versus LAX. See, you say that, but then Homicide and Hernandez are going to show up out of nowhere. <laughs> they're like, you wanted this match, puto. <laughs> um, yeah, um, there's there's a lot that could happen. Uh, like I said, I, I personally don't watch it. I haven't really kept on the Impact uh, tip for a while, um, especially after the whole uh, Anthem, Fuck That Owl stuff between the Hardys and Impact. I kind of like fell off the the wagon on that one. Um, there is uh, the one report uh, coming out of um, Wrestling Inc. that the uh, the relationship between Impact and AEW is not currently scheduled to be that intertwined. Um, apparently, this is going to be a one-off, and that um, Kenny Omega's uh, Tony Khan did this as a favor to uh, for Kenny Omega for Don Callis. Um, uh, let's see, we have heard that Don Callis' contract with Impact Wrestling may be coming up next month. Once Callis is done with Impact, it sounds like he would move to AEW full time to work as Omega's on-screen manager. I could see that. That yeah, yeah, I could see that. And obviously, if um, if Tony Khan, you know, is open to having Callis as, uh, you know, whether it be uh, on-screen performer in AEW or even as part of the creative in AEW, because he's done such good work in Impact. Um, I mean, it it wouldn't hurt to do this for him to prove, like you know, there's a. Uh, like an olive, like an olive branch of hope, not an olive branch, um, just like you know, in faith and in, in a show of goodwill. Um, and obviously, this benefits this benefits both company, but obviously, this benefits Impact more, uh, because Impact is going to get a much larger audience than they would normally get on to on a Tuesday, yeah. Uh, because, especially with that rating that 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 uh, AEW got. I don't think they're going to get anywhere near those numbers, mostly because Access is such a weird channel. Um, they might get to see the numbers more on Twitch, um, but I don't see them getting anywhere near 500,000. Um, but it's going to be really interesting for people to see, to, you know, to, turn in, to tune in, to see the cross-promotion between AEW and Impact. But not only that, but to see Kenny Omega in an Impact ring. Um, I think that's going to be fun to see. Um, it, it's so interesting how AEW in 2020 looks like the WWF in 1997, 1998, when you had the WWF uh, doing cross brands with uh, ECW and yeah. the NWA, and now you have AEW working with uh, AEW working with the NWA, and you have them working with Impact, and uh, it's just and you uh, uh, like I, I totally forgot that you know that was a thing for a bit. Um, I as as much as the whole world is very weird right now, wrestling still finds a way to be absolutely bananas in twenty twenty. And it's it's an exciting time. Like it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan because you don't know what the fuck is gonna happen next. And that's even an- with even with travel restrictions, even with you know, fucking uh, crowds not being what they're allowed, you know, what they used to be. They, there's, you know, it took a while for everything to kind of get to a place where everybody's comfortable doing their filming, doing matches, but they're still finding a way to make this exciting and as an escape. Because I swear to God, for those like three, four minutes when Sting arrived, I forgot about COVID. 
Yeah. Like, I, you could have told me I, I, if you had mentioned COVID, I would have forgotten. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this is going to be really interesting to see. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, I think this is going to kind of kill this episode for today. We're going to do we... real quick, uh, take uh, war games prediction since it's tomorrow. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's do this. Let's do All this right, real we're quick. We're going to go from the, from the top of the card to the main event. Uh, Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. Who you got? Loomis. Loomis, yeah. Loomis has been built up as a pretty big monster. Champa versus Thatcher. Oh, it's definitely Champa. Oh, here's the thing. I'm going to say Thatcher wins by disqualification. Um, or Champa wins by disqualification because, you know, Thatcher has his little lackey. Mm-hmm. Um, I see this kind of playing out a little bit longer than, you know, just one match. Yeah. Um, also, also, this is a uh, babyface Champa. If you've noticed, he's been wearing his uh, pants instead of his instead sure. of his trunks. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go Thatcher. Um, if they're gonna if they're gonna make this go longer, I I'm gonna see Thatcher get a pin, whether it's clean or not. He's gonna pin mm-hmm. Champa. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be a dirty pin. Uh, Priest versus Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. Um, if you would ask me the same question two weeks ago, I would have laughed. I would have less than said Priest, but I think it's going to be Leon Ruff retaining. I'm going to say Gargano. I'm going to say with, you know, if you go Ruff and – if you go Leon Ruff versus just Johnny Gargano or if you go just Leon Ruff versus Damian Priest, I would say maybe, you know, he picks up another underdog win. Mm-hmm. But because you have the you have the distraction of a third man in the match, I'm going to say Johnny Gargano uses this to his, to his advantage and uh, retrieves his North American Championship back. So Fair. I'm going to- um, Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Shotzi Blackheart, Io Shirai, Ember Moon, and Rhea Ripley in War Games. This is and like it's the, first... be the second women's war game. Um, the very first women's war game last year, uh, you know, uh, exceeded all expectations. What do you think this is going to do? I don't think it's going to do any. See, here's what last year's had it had a storyline. Uh-huh. This was just kind of. This one just feels all thrown together. It's thrown together, but I think the I think the star power and the the, the talent is there because you yeah. have all these names. You have all these names that can do such great shit, and that and somebody will probably try to put their life on the line to make a good spot. But you know, it, I, yeah. it's gonna be hard to have a shitty match with all eight of these women in there. My money is on Team Shotzi Blackheart. Who won last year? Did the faces or the heels win last last year? I think the, uh, the yeah the heels won last year. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go heels again. I'm gonna go uh, uh, team Larray. Team Larray. Yeah, because I mean, last I mean, year's last year's when we had the Dakota Kai turn. Yeah, when she turned on Tegan Knox. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go baby faces. Uh, you have uh, Ember Moon, who's been out for quite a while. Yeah. You have Shotzi Blackheart, who's very much a fan favorite right now, and of course Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley, both badass women of their own. I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go baby faces. Uh, and then we have uh, the undisputed era in their fucking like fourth, fifth, tenth, fourth, <laughs> fifth been brought back versus Pat games. put Pete Dunn and Lorkin and Birch. Um, I'm gonna go with Team McAfee. Uh, I think this is going to be the end of Undisputed Era. I don't want it to be, though. 
but you know it in your heart. I've loved Undisputed Era so much. And, you know, yeah, maybe this is the send-off. Maybe they finally break up the Era. I really yeah. wanted to see the Era have a good run on the roster, but Lord knows they don't do factions well. Uh, and I really love the part character work that they've done with Pat McAfee. I never thought Pat McAfee would be one of my favorite wrestling characters in 2020. But again, this year is fucking insane. Uh, Pete Dunne, uh, you know, turning quote unquote heel because apparently Mac McAfee is the heel in all this. Uh, but I love Pete Dunne and Lorcan and Birch are, are a tremendous tag team. I've been a huge fan of them uh, for the longest time. So uh, unfortunately, I am going to agree with you. It is going to be the end of the era. Um, so I'm going McAfee and, and his crew. Um, I actually want to watch this. I, 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 this is the first WWE thing in a while that I wanted to watch. I'm excited. I'm so excited for it. Like the last thing I watched was SummerSlam and I barely wanted to watch that. I really want to watch this. Thank God I get off work early tomorrow. I might pay the $10. I'm off tomorrow. So I might actually just pay the fucking $10 for this too. Because it looks is this looks like a really really nice card. Um, my only question is, do you think they're gonna do this at the uh, performance center, or do you think they're gonna do this at the uh, Thunderdome? Because for War Games, you need to have two rings, and I'm not sure if the uh, yeah, because they're not doing it at full sale. Uh, yeah. I would I would think I think they're going to Thunderdome. They, it seems that they would have the uh, they would have oh no 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 it's from the Capitol mm-hmm. Wrestling Center. It's a, oh, new, wow. it's a new performance center. Okay. So I mean, maybe they might do it somewhere else, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see it for tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we've covered a lot. We uh, hope to be back next week. Um, like I said, I have finals, so everybody who's still in school right now, uh, best of luck to you. And the first round is on me after we're done. Um, I'll get you a Capri Sun. Um, but Donald, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the whole shebang at E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O. That's El Don Brujo. Um, you could also find me on our Twitter as well as our Facebook at TNDW Podcast. I am at Pending257 on Twitter, and I am also on our Facebook and Twitter, TNDW Podcast. Uh, please come and tell us your opinions bad good sexy um you know stupid uh we like to talk to you all because lord knows uh this guy gets tired of hearing my voice um but (laughs) oh my goodness uh what was i gonna say uh but just like um just like our underpants from this past wednesday would you call this a show that was a disaster